I used to think, what's wrong with me? Why do other people not struggle with the same things I am? Then I realized, everyone's going through the exact same things as me. It's just no one's talking about it. I created Redemption Unfold Podcast to talk about the things we're all going through and never discuss. Hi, I'm Haley. I want you to know you are not alone. Listen up. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. It's been a fun week. So today on the podcast, I actually have something kind of different for you all. I spoke at Bicota Church Service on Sunday morning, and I thought it might be kind of fun just to share that here today. So of course, it's about boundaries because that's what I've been studying. So it's the easiest topic to talk on. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. I certainly did. So anyway, I also wanted just to say thank you guys for all of your prayers and support through this week as I've been launching my course. I had a goal and I was pretty excited that I actually almost met that goal on the first day of the launch. And so that made me really excited. So I wanted to remind you guys that if you are wanting to do the course, I'm actually going to offer it until tomorrow at midnight. So probably should be making your decision if you want to be a part of it because we're going to get started on Monday. I am so excited about some of the things that I have in store and the group of people that have already signed up. We're going to have a lot of fun. So now we're going to listen to the teaching from Sunday. Enjoy. So the question I want to ask you today, and honestly, guys, this is a lot of what has started my journey with boundaries. And I want to ask you guys a question. Do you think Jesus struggled with boundaries. The reason why I want to ask you that is one simple portion of the Bible that blows my mind. And that is the last night of Jesus' life. No, the last dinner, not the last night, but the last dinner Jesus got to have as a free man, he chose to have a few of his closest friends with him. But along with those closest friends, he had this one guy with him that would end up being the person that had obviously been talking behind his back for a while, probably months, had been frustrated with him, had not been a trustworthy friend, had been stealing from Jesus and the ministry, and yet he sat down with this guy who was obviously a very toxic person in Jesus' life, right? And he sat down with him. Now, some of you may be saying like, oh, well, you know, who knows? Who knows how, what it was like? But you know what? We do know what it was like. Because it actually says that as they were sitting, and Jesus, you know, he kept telling them, guys, I'm, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to, you know, be killed. And they all, I don't, I, it's hard to understand the scriptures because the disciples like continue were like, what are you talking about? It's like, well, he's telling you what he's talking about. You know, as you know how it all works out, you're like, how did they not see this coming? Because he literally told them, like, repeatedly. It's kind of confusing, but I'm sure if I was one of them, I'd have been the same. But it says, guys, I'm getting ready to be betrayed, and one of you are going to betray me. And they're all, like, looking around. Like, who is it? And I've taught on this before, and it's because it blows my mind. Let me tell you this right now. If I had a friend, a very close friend of mine, that had been lying to my face, talking behind my back, betraying me, stealing from me and the business or ministry that I had started, getting ready 
to leave my dinner table to go get me arrested and murdered, you would know which friend <laughs> it was. When I say, hey guys, just so you know, someone's getting ready to stab me in the back, and it's one of you guys, I think everyone would be like, oh yeah, we know who it is. She's been so rude to her all day. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, what is Jesus' problem? Like, don't you guys think that if that was the case, like if I had this friend who I knew had been lying to me, stealing from me, cheating, betraying me, getting ready to plan my murder, and I had dinner with him or her, if I had dinner with this girl, this backstabbing girl, don't you think it would be kind of like unhealthy of me to just have a nice sit down and treat her just kindly and respectfully? I mean, it blows my mind. Like, what is Jesus' problem? Does he struggle with boundaries? Like, maybe he doesn't like confrontation. Maybe he's like, well, it'd be awkward to say anything. Maybe it's like, well, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe I got it wrong. I don't want to make a big deal. Maybe, maybe he'll make a different choice. That's not what happened here, guys. Jesus is sitting at this dinner table, and he is telling everyone. He's trying to prepare them. They're not getting the message, but he's trying his best. Guys, I'm getting ready to be betrayed, and you guys need to be ready because it's going to be hard for you because it's actually someone at our table. I honestly don't think it was so much that he was saying it for himself. I think he was trying to help the disciples. Like, he's like, I, here's how I think it is, you know, just, you know, you can think whatever you want. I'll tell you what I think. I think Jesus is sitting there in his mind like, okay, these 12 people do not get it. <laughs> like, I have tried and I have tried to explain with my words. If any of you guys are parents, you will get this. Like, you're talking to one of your kids and they're doing something and you're like, I don't know what else to tell you. Like, you are not getting the concept. <laughs> I think that's what Jesus was like. These people do not get it. And I am try I've tried to do parables. I've tried to tell them straight. I've tried to tell them repeatedly. Like, let's try the repetitive approach. <laughs> they do not get it. And Jesus is like, guys, I need you to know. Like, I don't think Jesus needed that conversation for himself. He knew what was going to happen. He'd been praying and fasting and kind of internally working through these things. I think that conversation was for the people at the dinner table because they had not put it together, and they needed to know that once all of this stuff was happening, they were going to need to remember. Guys, actually, because think about it. If Jesus didn't have that conversation with them, what would they think? They would have thought, oh, Oh my gosh, Jesus didn't know. He didn't know. And if only we would have known, we could have stopped it. This was a mistake. Jesus just didn't see it coming. He needed to have that conversation so that when it all happened, they would be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like this happened, but like Jesus kept saying it was going to happen. But now I'm confused because it actually happened. We kind of thought he was just like maybe speaking a parable. Right? That conversation wasn't for Jesus. That was for the people at the table. So my question is, does Jesus then struggle with boundaries? 
As I've lived my life, and as I've looked at it, I tend to think that Jesus was one of the strongest boundary people that I have ever seen. Jesus had very strong and very awkward boundaries. So I'm not going to go like specific line by line, but I got kind of to reading some different instances, and I found in Mark, you guys can read it later, Mark 3 and 4. Just a little bit of Mark time, a little bit of gospel time, guys, talking about some of Jesus' little antics that he lived. And let's just look at a few. Right at the beginning of Mark 3, it says, Jesus withdrew with his disciples. Where did he withdraw from? Well, it was a big group. Has anyone ever noticed? This is, this is interesting to me. Has anyone ever noticed how often Jesus left a big crowd? Can you imagine a ministry today, like a church that's just like booming and miracles or something ha- like crazy, awesome God stuff happening, and every time it got really ramped up, the person in charge was like, hey, guys, I'm going to head out. Like, I'm completely over this. That doesn't make sense. Like, logically, that's not the best way to build a ministry, right? When it's, when it's growing or anything, like a business or anything, like when it's hot, you want to fan the flame, right? You want to keep going. But every time everything got all like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, miracles are happening, look at these thousands of people around, you know, you can imagine the disciples, again, being confused, like, look, Jesus, look at all these people around, look at what is happening, the miracles, and they're like, Jesus, where are you? And he's like, yeah, I'm just going to leave, like, I'm kind of over this, God's calling me over here, my father's over, you know, he wants me to go over here, I'm just going to leave. Like, that blows my mind, that goes against my human thoughts of, like, what makes sense so much. Then, later on in Mark 3, again, this is just kind of a few little stories of talking about things that Jesus did. It's talking about, um, this is down in Mark 3.31, how his mothers and brothers came. Like, he was ministering, he was healing, he was in a house, and his mothers and brothers came. And they're like, hey, Jesus, like, your mom and your brother is here. And he's like, who are my mother and brother? These are my mothers and brothers. Okay, well, that's kind of awkward. Like, that's your mom. That's your brother. Like, can you imagine if you were in the middle of something and your mom and your, you know, sister walks in and someone's like, hey, your mom's here. Who is my mother? My mother is here. Like, that would really hurt your mom's feelings. Right? Whose mom would handle that well? I'm not going to stop what I'm doing because I'm kind of busy with these other people that I value a lot. That is an awkward boundary that Jesus has put up in place with his immediate family, right? Let's look at, okay, Mark 4 and then down like uh, 11. This is, or 10 and 11, he's talking in parables. And he always is telling the disciples, guys, I got to speak in parables because the secrets of the kingdom are not to be told yet. I'll tell you guys the secrets, but I'm not going to tell the big group. This, again, I mean, it just blows my mind. You think about today's world and biblical teaching and everybody wants everything so perfect, right? We have to say where the scripture is and we have to prove and what translation and all the stuff. It's annoying to me. Well, Jesus didn't. 
Jesus told stories and was like, figure it out. <laughs> Just let's talk about a seed. And you guys can think what it means. And then later you read it and you're like, whoa, that thing that he said sounds familiar. It was actually in Isaiah. He just did all this, like, boundaries all over the place. You've got to think, this doesn't make sense. If I, I'm just saying, I know I'm not Jesus, but my mind says, if I was someone like Jesus, what I would want to do is heal as many people as possible, tell them exactly what was going to happen so I could get them ready. I'd want to tell them everything about the scriptures that I understand. Instead, he always was leaving the crowds. I for sure want to tell as many people. And then when I healed someone, I'd want to say, now go tell everyone. That's another boundary we have later coming up here. How many times did Jesus heal people and say, don't tell anyone? What a boundary man. He's putting up all these boundaries that don't make sense to my brain. They do not make sense. Again, after Jesus, when um, they get on the, um, the lake and they're crossing to the other side, it says, he left the crowd and just got on a boat. I was just thinking, no wonder the disciples were frustrated with him all the time. <laughs> you know, like, I just do not think they understood what he was doing. Later in Mark 5, it says, 43, it says, he strictly told them, and no one should know this, he was always saying, please keep this between you and I. He understood intimacy. He understood relationships. He understood timing. He understood uh, appropriate timing of when to talk about amazing things that God was doing. You know, you guys got to remember, when we read the Gospels and we read what God is doing, we're reading the inner circle. It'd be really interesting to read like someone in the outer circle that was just like, what in the world is going on with this guy? They didn't get these inner things that we get, which I love that we did. But we have to remember, this was only a group of, small group of people. Not just that, but let's talk about one of the most awkward, talk about boundaries. How many times did Jesus pull Peter, James, and John aside from the 12 and said, I want to go do something really special. I just want to take you guys with me. And we wonder why Judas was insecure. Can you imagine being in like a group of friends of 12 and like the leader always picking the same group of people to go do the special things? That's awkward. Jesus is awkward. Boundaries are awkward. That's why so many people do th don't do them. Or if they do them, they do them wrong, in my humble opinion. Later in the Bible, in the scriptures, it says, <clears throat> Jesus says, how much longer do I have to stay with you, people? I mean, he's just frustrated all the time. Like, again, like you, you know those moments like you're in a position, you're in a, a time of your life that God has for you, or that uh, you're, in a, you're in a situation and you know you're where you're supposed to be, but you can't help but think, like, how much longer do I have to do this? 
Like, that was kind of Jesus' three years of his ministry. How much longer do I have to do this? So, for a guy that had all kinds of strong boundaries, why'd he have Judas at the dinner table? And, you know, we don't know. We don't have Judas's or even Jesus's account of this. We've got to remember, all we have are a few other disciples that were trying to put the pieces together after everything happened, okay? We don't know. Maybe Jesus actually did talk to Judas privately. Like, maybe they had had conversations. You know, he said, Judas, go do what you're getting ready to go do. Maybe they both knew. Like, maybe Judas was like, well, fine. I'll go do it right now. We don't know. But why, how did Jesus pick his boundaries if in some ways he seemed to have no problem with the strongest of boundaries, like not letting his mom into the, to the group, to the conversation, to the event, but yet his last dinner, he'll set with his betrayer. Now that doesn't make sense to me. Here's what I've learned about boundaries. Most people including myself in the past, use boundaries for one specific reason. We build boundaries to protect ourselves from pain. So if we have people or situations or emotions that make us feel pain, we work on distancing ourselves and putting boundaries in place to keep us from that pain, right? So if, for instance, if I had a friend that was plotting my death. I would put boundaries in place. Especially when I found out she was just talking behind my back and stealing money from me. Why would I want to do that? Because it hurt my feelings. It hurt my feelings really bad. And I'd want to, even if she kept doing what she was going to do, I'd want to distance herself so that it wouldn't hurt so much, right? Right. So what we do is, depending on how much pain you cause me, it's how close you get to me. We do this in marriage. We do this in our um, like children or parent relationships. We do this with our friends, our fam distant family, our church members. You know, people love to start a new church, and everyone's all warm and fuzzy. But when things get tough, well, you just leave. I put a boundary in place. Boundaries are beautiful to keep us from doing things we don't want to do. That's how most people use them. Which is funny because when we look at the God that we serve on this earth, he used strong boundaries and almost never did they keep him from pain. <clears throat> we tell ourselves, I've given you enough. I've given you enough. You've hurt me enough and now I'm putting and we, you know, like we ramp ourselves up and it turns into this big deal. And now I'm putting a boundary in place. So many people don't use boundaries until they're this huge thing and it blows up into this big thing. Like we have to like declare it. That is doing boundaries wrong. In my humble opinion. Let me tell you what, how and why Jesus did boundaries. Jesus used boundaries primarily for one reason, and that was to continue 
going where God, his father, had called him to, to go. Anytime he realized someone was going to hold him back from what God, like if he knew he needed to get here, if somebody was getting in that way, boundary. It all makes sense if you think about it like that. Perhaps he knew that these crowds that just wanted to glorify him and keep him famous were going to keep him from what his father had for him. Perhaps he knew there was relationship tendencies with his mom and his brother that maybe even, I mean, I don't know this. I don't want to put words in Jesus' mouth. I'm just saying perhaps he had to put boundaries in place because he knew certain things. Maybe his mom would have fought where he was going. And maybe he knew he needed to put boundaries in place because he had one goal. Like Jesus is like, I have one goal. His three years of ministry, I'm going to do what my father called me to do, and I'm headed right there. I know where I'm headed. I've seen it. I'm going to the cross. And if you try to stop me, you are going to get a boundary. Think about the conversation he had with Peter right before his death when he's like saying what's going to happen. And Peter's like, no, never, never. We won't let this happen to you. No. And he's like, get behind me, Satan. Okay, well, that's kind of a boundary. (laughs) Jesus was so clear. If you get in between me and what my God is taking me to, you are going to get a boundary. Other than that, you're good, right? Other than that, come on, guys. Judas, come on, you're welcome. He knew who he was. Here's a big one. This is, this is, in my opinion, one of the main reasons we put boundaries up. This is Jesus, though, not us. <laughs> the, one of the main reasons this blows my mind is because Jesus was not looking for anyone to validate him, fulfill him, acknowledge him, or honor him. He didn't need these people to tell him who he was. Here's the problem with us. We are looking for the people in our life to tell us who we are and what God wants us to do. And God did not design it that way. God designed us to live intimately with him and to live real church, connected with other people as we figure out and uncover who he created us to be. That's how God created us. And we have people all over the world and inside the church that are looking for someone else to tell them who they are and what they should be doing. I'm telling you guys right now, you are the only person with God, with the Holy Spirit, who can figure out who you really are. No one, your spouse, your mom, your kids, your job, your success, your failure, get to tell you who you are. I, no matter how much I know and love one of my kids, my spouse, my friend, my sister, my mom, my dad, cannot tell them who they are. You've got to figure it out for yourself. I want to support you, I'll encourage you, I'll guide you, I'll counsel you. But at the end of the day, you better get yourself figured out. That's my job in my life. 
I can be who I'm called to be. No more, no less. And we're all mixed up with our boundaries because we're over here needing people around us that don't cause us pain, that tell us who we are, that validate our worth, that honor us, that respect us. And it is a false foundation of sand. We build our house on this foundation and it crumbles because then we spend our entire life just trying to figure out who we can trust. Oh, well, I can't trust you now. Okay, you really hurt me, so now you're out. Oh, new friend. I like you. Come close. Oh, ooh, I don't like that church. You're out. Oh, new church. Yeah, you're in. Oh, don't like the job. I don't like this. Out. Ooh, new job. Ooh, like you, new job. I got a raise. That's how we, so many of us spend our life looking to not feel pain because we want to know that we're worth something. We want to know that we're enough. We want to know that our life isn't a failure. But I'm telling you right now, that's not how you were created. You were created to go blaring ahead, look and see, God is calling me here. I don't know how I'm going to get here. I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. But when someone gets in my way, I'll put boundaries. But other than that, my job is to figure out who I am to live the life God has for me and to do what I'm called to do. And I'm not waiting for someone else to get in the driver's seat of my life and to, ta- and to take it and do it for me. I, guys, I'm not one that thinks Jesus just went through this life and it wasn't hard. I think the relationships he lived were so frustrating, so hurtful. Um, this is, again, just my opinion. But I think when he spent his nights in that garden crying and just feeling so defeated, Sure, I'm sure some of it was death coming, but I believe it was so much of the betrayal. Anyone knows who has been betrayed by someone you love, how difficult that is. And this is a God, this is our God, who lived his life serving and trying to do the best and trying to do what God had for him. And in the end, he's just like, oh my gosh. This is hard. I'm not here to tell you guys that your destiny will be easy. I'm not here to tell you that it will be fun. I'm not here to tell you it will be pain-free. Who wants in? (laughs) But I'll tell you that it's the only thing that will make you feel alive on this earth. In Romans 8, it says creation is waiting for you to become the person God created you to be. I don't believe it's just about you. I believe it's about the earth. I believe you're called to become the person God created you to be to find freedom that you can help free the creation. It says it's been in bondage, and it's waiting, and it's longing for creation to be unveiled. That's why I do what I do, because I believe it's important. I believe creation is waiting for you to become the person you're created to be. I believe you matter, and I believe that who God created you to be is enough. And I believe you've got to start understanding the power of the boundaries that God has given us. I believe that you need to figure out their power and stop using them for selfish means. I believe you need to get healed, find freedom, and live the life that God has for you. I believe that you matter, and I believe you've got to stop thinking that the power of your boundaries is to keep you from pain. It's not to keep you from pain. The power of your boundaries is to keep you on the track that God has for you. It's to understand the people in your life matter. It's to understand that relationships will cost you. It's to understand you're going to be betrayed. So is our God. Pick a different God to worship, guys. If you don't want this, go worship the the God of money, the God of success. There's plenty of other gods out there. But if you want this God, that's what you sign on for. 
You sign on for love, for heartache, for hurt. You sign on for 70 times 7 and turning the other cheek and giving the shirt off your back. I don't know how anyone follows this thing. I mean, it really seems like a short end of the stick if you ask me. Why do they follow it? Because we know deep inside of us something makes sense here. Something in the heart of our hearts, the God who created us, something here makes sense. And although a lot of us still have questions, and a lot of us don't exactly know how it all makes sense, we follow that call, we follow the longing, we follow something inside of us that wants free. But if you want the life God has for you, you've got to stop using your boundaries to keep you from people, situations, and emotions that feel painful. There's no, no way around it. You've got to learn to be uncomfortable to find freedom. You've got to learn to use your boundaries wisely, place your people correctly, and charge full steam ahead on the power and the wonderful life that God has for you. Because your life matters. And if you don't think it does, that's your problem. Because that's your call. It is your call to figure out your, your purpose and your destiny. Jesus spent his three years not needing to be validated or honored he spent his three years saying, this is who I am. I don't care what you say. You should be saying that in your life. This is who I am. No one needs to tell me who I am. I love you. I care about you. I'm here for you. But you don't get to tell, take my destiny and my identity from me. I think I'm going to wrap it up now. <laughs> As you guys can see, I love boundaries. I think they're a gift. I think they're vital to the church, and I think they're absolutely running rampant in the world in a completely wrong way. And if the church wants to become what we're created to be, we better get it figured out. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this day, and thank you for each and every single person in this room and anyone listening. I pray for blessings and protection, and I understand how some of these things can seem overwhelming and big and confusing, and it's just, it's just hard. Life is hard. And I don't want to... I don't want to to downgrade the difficulty. But I pray that little, that little flame inside of each and every single person would just grow. I pray that they would find the courage to walk closer to the destiny. I pray that they would become the desire to find that freedom that you created them for. I pray your will would be done and your kingdom would come. I pray your, your will and your creation would be unveiled. No more, no less. Because exactly what you intended them to be is enough. I thank you. I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome back, guys. Wasn't that fun? Now you can see why I so, get so fired up about boundaries, because I think that they're really important. So don't forget that if you want to sign up for the course, you need to do so today or tomorrow. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, would you mind sharing it with a friend or putting it on your social? If you want to follow me on my social media, it's Redemption Unveiled on Instagram and Facebook or Haley Marie Carter on my personal Instagram. I truly believe you do not have to live stuck in your own life. So use the choices you have to find that freedom you crave. I'll see you next time. Bye.